The review show on the Anfield wrap after Liverpool nil, Real Madrid one. Dan Morgan, Neil Acton, Sean Rogers for one last dance. Um, we'll start where we start. Lineups and approaches. Um, Neil, I'll come to you. So the first thing I think is worth noting that, and none of this is excuse worthy, obviously, and you can say none of it's excuse worthy because arguably Liverpool deserve to win the game, but preparation felt massively impacted on this one from almost from what happened against Wolves up until the minute kickoff eventually came. And we know the reasons for that. But this didn't feel like the others. This didn't feel like Liverpool had the space to actually get a full preparation in for this game, the way in which they did for Tottenham, say, where they went to a different camp, they went away, same for, for Madrid in 2018. I felt like this one was one in which the prep for the game felt a little bit um, a little bit rushed and I think they were juggling a few things in terms of where players were at, obviously injury but also fatigue. Yeah, I think I I think that sort of comes through in his approach. Um, in that I think he he almost just wants to uh, bounce them into being really really good. So I think if you if you look back at, at some of his selections at times this season in different games, I think he's picked teams for for phases, especially when he's had five subs, but not just then. I think he's always had the idea of, and then we will make change X. And I think in this, he sort of try, he wants to play every card early. He wants to play every card first, and you know, a really good example of that is Inter away. I think Inter away is a, you know, it's a great example of him of him phasing a game over the course of this season and seeing out various periods and deciding when we're going to get on top and then changing it and then changing it when it begins to when it begins to go badly wrong. In there, there's loads of, loads in that. In that, you know, if Liverpool, you know, if if the one that Courtois tips onto the post bounces back, hits his back and goes in, and it's Liverpool one yeah. nil, then I think it's every chance it's Liverpool two nil by half time. And then from there, we're talking about, well, he got that right. Mm. And this is the really, really fine margins. And one of the things that's really hard, I think, about talking about the match in the round, both in terms of the initial approach but and decisions made by the manager and then everything else, is, you know, where Liverpool finding a way to go 1-0 up. And then everyone's talking about Liverpool's maturity and how much they've learned from 2018 and how this is a different Liverpool side now and they manage the moments really well. If Liverpool score first in the game and win it, which I think if Liverpool had scored first in the game at any point, I think they would have gone on and won it. Um from the sort of the way in which it plays out, and that was always Madrid's Madrid's punches chance logic. You know, for me, it's really interesting the way the Madrid players celebrate the opener. There's the lads collapse, lads hit the deck who play for Madrid when they go one nil up uh, because I think they knew that how important that was by that point in that game. But I think that that was the plan in general. So I think on the approach, I think it is an ideal. In the end, I think he probably would have liked another couple of days. I don't think he wants necessarily, you know, a full hit or a massive training camp. Uh, but I do think he would have perhaps liked a little bit more in there. But as I say, I think that does feed into that selection. In the end, you know, listen, maybe when he retires and he writes his book, which I don't think he'll ever do, by the way, but he might say in hindsight he'd, he'd rather have had perhaps Diaz off the bench. He'd rather have maybe picked Keita from the outset. I think there's a funny thing here in a couple of ways and that I don't particularly love, with one or two exceptions at times this season, Keita at home against Leicester in the League Cup being one, but I don't particularly love Keita or Jota as subs, if I'm honest, um, which therefore flips you into saying, well, you know, would you rather therefore use them from the outset and go from there? The fact that it becomes weird and cagey in that sort of opening period, would you have been happier to have Jota on trying to sniff a little one out, uh, one that he can just find a way to force into the bottom corner? All these are ifs and buts. 
right now, when, you know, when you're going through it. But I do think that that is in there. I don't think the delay helps Liverpool. I think the delay does help Madrid. Uh, sorry, I don't think it impacts Madrid as much. I think the fact that it is Liverpool who are involved in the delay doesn't help Liverpool because those players will have known where those people they were given those tickets to were going into that ground. Um, and I think that's in there as well. I think that will have been sort of playing on their minds because they're not stupid, these footballers that engage with things. They'll also perhaps have gone back in and gone, all right, our end's empty. <laughs> that's that's odd. What's going on there? You know, I think all of that possibly doesn't help either. It's not looking for excuses. It's just sort of talking about the thing in the round. And this isn't me coming on and saying, oh, well, I think he got X wrong or Y wrong because ultimately I don't think it takes much for us to be sat here going, what another wonderful managerial performance from Jurgen Klopp. Uh, but ultimately... In the end, the way the game plays out, I'd have much rather have been able to bring on, in a Merseyside derby-ish way, uh, Origi and uh, Diaz on 55. I don't know Origi's a separate thing, but Origi and Diaz on 55 than where we end up. But I understand why he does what he does at the start of the game. We, we, can, understand, we can understand it, Sean, fully. I think, I think the point is right in terms of, you know... I think both managers in this one will have been of the the mindset of this isn't one we want to go one nil down in, and I think that both sort of play the chips on that in their own different way. And if Liverpool, you know, I think that the flip side for Liverpool and Klopp on an occasion like this would have been maybe too difficult to gamble on. You know, if you'd have. If you'd have held Diaz back, not in an Everton at home kind of way, but in a Villarreal away kind of way, and we're 2-0 down at half-time, then you maybe know that that is going to come back on you in, in in some form. But I just felt like, yeah, I felt like this may may have been one where I agree with Neil. I think that the options we have from the bench maybe, maybe didn't really suit the game in which it went. But if we'd have taken... A chance or two if one of them would have gone the other way then we might have been the ones in the driving seat and it might have looked like good subs yeah i mean look at my life as a look, apologies about my voice by the way um i was too busy in the fan zone obviously and at the game um look in my life i think we've had three finals where we've come back down from being one nil down uh wembley 86 athens arsenal in 2001 um it reinforces the importance, as we already know, in finals, you really need to go one the up and you also need to be ruthless. Um, it's also extremely rare for a manager not to put out his best team for a million and one different reasons, not just the common sense approach to that, but also how you manage this group moving forwards thereafter. Um, and assuming that the, you know, the fitness questions over Fabinho and Thiago are fine, you have to say they probably were. I know there are a few rumours swirling pre-game about Thiago in the warm-up, um, but maybe they were unfounded, judging by the way he played, certainly in the first half. So, look, um, I agree with Neil, I think, without jumping too far ahead, I think the sub was Firmino, for Diaz, and you move Mane left. Um, Yacht has been on a bit of a drought, and he's not the greatest in the greatest nick between both penalty areas um, and we had a bit of an ineffective Diaz replaced by you know by a player who, who did his best in that role but probably delivered the worst performance than Diaz did unfortunately um, and it was a sub that didn't make us any better um, and with Neil there's probably a question mark moving into next year as to whether they are impact players off the bench or not 
Um, but I think in this instance, Liverpool go one up, Madrid's game plan goes out the window, and Liverpool can then really try and expose the spaces in behind them. I think also for Klopp um, and with Neil, I think the sub should have been as soon as the goal went in. Um, I think it should have been bordering on instant substitutions then. Um, I thought Caraval did extremely well against Diaz. I don't think Diaz showed him the line as much as he should do. I think early doors, Diaz tried to take him on on the outside and didn't fancy a pace race against him. So it was then just cutting, cutting, cutting. And Madrid had a very good plan for dealing with him cutting in. And I think Diaz needed to go outside three, four, five times to then disrupt that plan to then open up the cutting, if you will. Um, but again, it comes down to just not being, A, not being ruthless enough. And I think one question for the man, I think it's just a moment in time and it will revert to mean that we have not gone one up since Everton. That's a long time to keep going one nil down. And emotion, yeah, I, I might be wrong, but I think it's Everton. So emotionally and physically, you think about young lads being one nil down in a big game where you've got scoreboard pressure and you've got to overcome all them emotions and crotch your performance up an extra gear to chase games down isn't what you need at the best of times. To have to do that repeatedly, really, you don't need to do that at the end of a 63-game season when 10, 11, 12 of our lads have played more minutes than they've ever played in a season before. When we've been playing cup finals since February, Bundle that all together. You do not need that against an experienced team that can keep possession in their own half. Kill time. There's five substitutions to waste time on. I think with five subs and the way that referees do not manage the game properly, managers have got to get to grips with the fact that these are really 60-minute 60, 60 games now. I think against elite opposition, if you're winning on 60, you should not be losing that game. You shouldn't even be drawing it. You should be seeing out that last half hour with good game management, subs, time wasting, until the referees really impose proper time things. I think you're going to see more and more of a City-esque. You've got to take your chances in the first half hour and go one the just on, uh, we, get, we go one up against Newcastle. Newcastle's after Everton. That's the last one. So we go, it's all right, but, but it is it, it, basically in May. We have not gone ahead in a football match, uh, is worth pointing out. And they've had to sort of come back, go from the well over and over again. It is worth pointing it out. No shadow of a doubt on that for me, Sean. For me, what's dead interesting, and, and I, I will sort of keep saying it because I'm saying it everywhere, is I think if we score when they score, all the writing after the game is the maturity of Liverpool's performance and how much and how much things have changed. Genuinely, that becomes the full story because Liverpool would have done what Madrid did um, and would have invited them on and would have killed time and would have might, might have grabbed a second, might have been a bit more likely to grab a second, but it would have gone exactly the same way. And uh, and I think that that is, you know, I think these games next season, I, I, I agree with Sean in that I think that the, the, the Champions League team games at the very highest level, so the top four when they face each other in England, maybe Real versus Barca in Spain, maybe Munich versus Dortmund in Germany, um, and then games when you get into the business end of the Champions League, I think are going to be really defined by what the scoreline is on 70. And I think I'd be amazed, other than home second legs, a la Real Madrid this season, if scorelines when they get to 80 change all that much. Um, I'd be really, really surprised if there's much in the very the very end of games. And so within that, I think it is a little bit for Liverpool to think about in terms of transitioning into next season and what the, what, what comes next with them. I I think that there's, there is a there is a little bit of a thing where 
I think Madrid are trying to be very cagey uh, in there. They're trying to really make the pitch big on the one hand, uh, but on the other. And, but the, one of the ways in which they really make the pitch big is, you know, and, and, and everyone can watch what everyone else does these days, uh, is they're really making the pitch big back towards their own goal. So they're not really trying to stretch Liverpool over the top other than with Vinicius. Valverde comes really deep and, and quite narrow at times. Benzema looks a lot like Harry Kane against uh, Tottenham. Um, and Vinicius is the threat in terms of expanding it, going in the opposite direction. But they're also very, very good indeed at making it wide. Because Benzema is coming in and filling in little sort of patches there, that midfield three are actually able to stretch quite wide, which allows the fullbacks to stretch even wider, and it makes it difficult for Liverpool to sort of find little pockets. But even in amongst all of that, you know, until arguably the disallowed goal, Liverpool feel as though they're in the ascendancy. Um, and feel as though they are the better side and feel as though they are about to just sort of find a gear to move to. And I think in hindsight, and that, again, I'd love to get the answer to, is precisely why the gear to move to never quite comes over the course of the full 90, but also, I think, in the first 40 minutes. Is that preparation? Is that tiredness? Is there other factors in there? Is it something that Madrid are doing to make it a little bit harder? For me, I'm I'm reluctant to, other than as individuals and other than to talk about the game management after they've gone 1-0 up, I'm really reluctant to, to, to praise some sort of grand tactical plan. And the reason why is, and maybe I am old school in, in a regard, but for me, grand tactical plans don't involve the ball being in your penalty area that much. Uh, Liverpool have an unbelievable amount of ball in the Real Madrid penalty area uh, over the course of the full 90 minutes. They're able to get themselves into wide areas in the penalty area and anything can happen again to sight the Mane shot that gets tipped onto the post. He wriggles his way through brilliantly, gets his shot off and there's every chance to keep, the keeper makes an incredible save but there's every chance for Satie today we're overjoyed but reflecting on the fact that the keeper has really hard lines because he hits him on the back and goes in. And... My point there is, if the ball is in a penalty area that much, at some point it can deflect. Again, the Jota one is a really good example of it, where it deflects off Jota, and I think Courtois does really well because he's not overcommitted going the other way at that point to get down to it. It can deflect, it can bounce for you, you can end up with a tap-in. There's the one where Firmino gets in and rolls it back, and it's got the ridiculous Naby Keita shot at the end of it, but that was going for someone else. Liverpool are in their penalty area loads, and that's why I think to talk about approaches and tactical stuff. Um, I love Ancelotti, you know what I mean? He loves Crosby, Sam Feller... Obviously, brilliant manager. Great to get the best out of footballers. There's loads and loads of bits and pieces to management. We've seen them. I've seen Ancelotti teams, in inverted commas, do a job on Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. I didn't come away from that one, and, I, and you know, and it's it, it's not a not a pride thing or anything like that. If if that if I thought that had happened, I'd just say I think that's happened. I didn't come away from that one feeling as though a job had been done on Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. Um, other than, as Sean says, the sort of game management that you would expect from a top team, a very top team, when they're 1-0 up. I didn't come away feeling as though, well, they've just done a job on us there particularly. Not, that's not to talk, talk him or them down in any way, shape or form. Just that, I just think if Liverpool, had, all the way through the first half, I was just thinking if, you, if Liverpool are just really good here for two minutes, they'll definitely score. They've just got to be really good. They've got to find a way to be really, really good for two minutes. They'll definitely score. I don't think, they, they, yeah, I think I'm with you. They don't, they don't blitz the first 25 in the way they did in the FA Cup final. So they don't they don't put that hammer down. But maybe then because Madrid make the pitch massive show, maybe then because Madrid are so good technically that they can wriggle out of, of situations and trust each other in a manner which most English teams don't they're not able to. Um but it looked to me it did look to me like we were we were conserving a little bit. And you know maybe again maybe if we rolled the dice on this being a one nil game either way we've rolled and it's gone the other way. And that's, 
But just just quick on that, Dan. You know, I take your point, and obviously the technically brilliant Cruz, Modric, the technically brilliant Cruz was kicking it out for a throw on twenty eight. I, you know, I made a mental note. There's one he just, he just, he just empties. Yeah, he does, yeah. And he I, does. and I think that this again, this is the. I'm very, I'm very into praising opponents, and there's loads of ways in which I praise this Madrid side. And you look at the run they went on to win the thing; they deserve it. But they were under the cosh big time on about 28, and that was why I was thinking, I, I was, they were under the cosh, they were really stretched. We were the better side, we were in the ascendancy, and I felt, and we've got another gear, and it's that the other gear didn't come in every single sense of where that other gear is that I, I still remain frustrated. I, I felt in the first half hour, it's a shame. It, I thought Jordan Henderson in the first half hour was outrageous without the ball. And he picked his moments to really go pressing high. And at times he was blocking off two, three Madrid plays and forcing a lot of effort. But I was talking to the lads around me sort of going, he's going to block here. And I think the change Liverpool needed to make, which would have been extremely aggressive, I think it's worth... When you see how amazing Canate plays in that game, his performance is unbelievable. Looking at all the circumstances, um, I think what Liverpool needed to do was invert the midfield at half time. And I think instead of our six being the nominal either central midfield player or holding midfield player, I think that Liverpool should have pushed um, Henderson on or sub Henderson. Um, and have someone do the Henderson role, if you will. Because I think you can lock on to Modric, Cruz and Casemiro. Um, because our back four showed they were more than capable of dealing with the threat. And I know the goal all overshadowed it, but I thought Trent defended magnificently. And so one could say, well, there was a moment of concentration, this, that and the other. The problem with the goal is Modric doesn't get shut down and he's not a player with pace. And you go and engage players like but the reason he doesn't get shut down is Liverpool haven't got players in around him so they're worried about the damage Modric can do with his passing ability and that's where I think having seen what you see in our time and it's easy for a dickhead to say this now I would have been very tempted to as I say invert that midfield and almost go man for man because the problem you've got is Mane and or our central striker has to drop and try and screen Casemiro because of the shape of the midfield. And I, and I think Liverpool then couldn't quite win it back as quickly as we were. We couldn't win it back as high as what we were. We couldn't quite pen them in. And we needed another runner. We had one player 10, 12 yards too deep for me. And I think at half-time, I'd have been tempted by that, although that would have been risky. I think when it goes 1-0, that's where I think you do Bobby for Diaz. And I think you have to have a word with your midfield and and invert it and all. a bit like we did. Do you remember how we do Chelsea with Jorginho? Henderson would play six, but he wouldn't play six. Henderson would charge vertically and shut Jorginho down, and we'd almost go man for man within them midfields. And there were times with Chelsea with Jorginho in that role, we could really shut them down and cause them a lot of problems, especially at Stamford Bridge. Um, and I think that's what we needed in the last half hour of this game. But it's easy for me to say. I think Liverpool's first half performance is, in the circumstances of everything is extremely good. And from a ruthlessness point of view, just as an aside, and this might be nonsense, but I think we went through a phase where the goalkeepers have been extremely good at saving with their feet. And I think too many forwards have departed from shooting on the ground. Um, 
Ian Rush, uh, I, Ian Rush, we met Ian Rush at do and said, um, how literally did you score so many goals that no offence should have been saved, right? Because <laughs> they go through keepers' legs, they go under arms. Like, it, it can't be lucky when you do that. And he was like, when you go hard and low and imagine the keeper's not there, hard, low, side netting, and even if you're a bit off, you'll be amazed how many of them go in. You don't look at the keeper. You imagine he's not there and you go hard and low. And it's real nitpicking to say this, but we haven't scored in the finals, haven't created lots of chances. And on XGs, we should have been scoring more goals. And I do, you have a look at a lot of the chances. If they are on the floor, like Mane's, if Mane's is on the floor, it's a goal. Can't get there. Salah's is on the floor, it's a goal. Can't get there. The ones that are on the floor are hard enough. If they are, they score. And it's not, it is nitpicking, but we are at fine margins of one of the best teams in the world <laughs> at an elite level. So if you're looking to, in any way, shape or form, try and improve things, I think we have to accept that you are nitpicking. Do you know what I mean? But I think the way keepers have been so much better at saving with their feet, I get why people are maybe going, well, I need to start scoring, like just off the deck, if you know what I mean. Uh, but I, I, I do. I would like. I think with us, we need to be a bit more ruthless, and I do think the hard and low kind of that would be my little preseason for the Reds, for what it's worth. Well, the, I think just on that sort of in general, I do think like the keeper himself has got a really good record against Liverpool. Like what I mean by that is I've seen I've seen him have some really good games against Liverpool. Yeah, there's the one where you know in terms of trying to pick out the perfect chance. There's one where Firmino decides he's going to go across the box. And he's in a lovely angle to do what, what Sean's just decided, which is wrap his right foot around it and look for the bottom corner. He's in a lovely position to do it. And this is, for me, this one isn't a, a Firmino ruthlessness thing because there's a few times he's absolutely desperate to get across the front post for me. Anyway, he has a couple of goes and nearly gets there on a few occasions. You know, I think he was looking to do the number nine stuff. But what occurred to me a long time after the game, trust me, and a long time after all the other nonsense that we all had to live through, was Firmino spent a lot of seasons watching Liverpool players not score against Thibaut Courtois. And I think he was almost trying to find the right, we need the nine or ten out of ten chance here in order to put this in the back of the net. But he's got himself into the six six out of ten chance area for me. Uh not not 0. 0.6 XG, but you know what I mean by the general point. And and I just liked him to have rolled his foot around it uh and found a little way through. But I do think that they were looking for the idea of the absolute absolute moment of perfection to a degree in there as well. And this is another part of the, you know, the initial sort of selection stuff. I, I would not have been averse whatsoever. I haven't seen how the game has played, but I think before the match, I, a couple of times I said, this is what the manager's sort of question is. I wouldn't have been at all averse to a little bit of Diogo Jota doing percentage shit around the penalty area at the start of the match. You know, I think that, that when when there was when it was more the idea of sniffing out little opportunities, that might have been no bad thing. You can drive yourself mad with this because it wasn't as though I saw the team and went, "Oh, we've got this wrong." Because I didn't do that at all for a second. But I did sort of, I do sort of wonder about that. And you know, in your wider point about and the points that have been made about the finals this year, the number of the th in the three finals, Liverpool's cumulative expected goals is absolutely enormous. Um, it really is so high. Uh, it's 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 in advance of six across all three games, and they'll, they'll come out with nothing. I think within there they've had a little bit of hard lines, so there is some tremendous saves. Uh, two from Courtois on Salah, one where he gets down low to him, uh, and obviously the one on one, the Mane one in this one, the Mendy save from Mane, which has been forgotten because it's ages ago in the in the Carabao Cup final. 
is one of the best. It's one of the best bits of goalkeeping I've ever seen. It's one of the best saves I've ever seen in all seriousness. And that that you know that that should be hitting the back of the net in loads of ways. That should be hitting the back of the net. It's incredible goalkeeping from from Edouard Mendy. And if Liverpool go one 0 up at that moment in that game, they probably cruise away with that one as well. Um, I'm really reluctant to you know to to act as though they finish poorly on the one hand, but I do agree with the idea of. You know, there are more than, there's more than one corner to hit other than the top corner. There's more than one bit of the goal to hit. And one of the reasons why I really like Jota as a finisher is I he's got more of that old school Van Nistelrooy, this round thing is going in that rectangular thing. And there's a million ways to do it. Watch this one. Now watch this one. And, uh, you know, he does make us, I think, less effective as a team, but he does offer you that. And I do wonder if the manager sort of woke up on Sunday thinking... I know I I know I reached the decision I did, but no, I'm not 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 quite sure now. Yeah, I mean, look, I I think one area they will be disappointed with. I think there's very few areas of the performance they'll be disappointed with. I think generally they'll just be like, look, the key points in the game we either lack the finish or we lack the pass before the pass. I actually think not the chances we created. I think they'll be more annoyed. That there was some. This is a stupid thing for me to say, I guess, but there were some quality quality chances that should have been created where we made a bit of a mess of it. And I think that's where a little bit of frustration will be. But I think really on set pieces, they'll be disappointed. Um, we had outswingers on everything for a reason. Too many of and that's to keep it away from their goalie. And they still put too many deliveries on Courtois. Yes. Um, and I was pretty confident coming into the game that Canato Van Dijk would at least have a great chance. One of them. Um and, and I'm a bit disappointed because I think against better defensive setups and bigger sides, for want of a better phrase, I think we've caused them a lot more trouble at set pieces, unfortunately, than in this game. Um, and, and, and I think that's where the Madrid maybe got away with one because I think Liverpool could and should have caused more problems from set pieces. Just a quick way from you both um, to move it on a little bit. The Mane news comes out yesterday. We still don't really know where that's at uh, officially. Um but Sean, if he does go, it leaves us at a bit of a crunch point tactically in terms of what we do. I don't think I don't think the identity is going to shift too much in terms of how Liverpool set up, what their, their ethos is in, in games. But Neil's talked a lot about pre-season coming so soon, the turnaround time not being ideal. If they haven't prepared for this, which would be amazing, knowing the way in which they prepare for everything. But if this has been in some way dropped on them and they're facing him leaving, it's it's a it's a big point in this era, in this club era, I'd say, in terms of how the team and how the, the, the sort of tactical elements deals with such a loss of such a player. Yeah, I mean, look, it'll be commented on other shows, weren't it, in terms of... yeah. You know, the contract situation and what Liverpool do. All, all I would say on that is Liverpool hold all the cards. So ultimately, this will only get played out the way Liverpool want it to play out, I suspect. But um, I always think with a manager, once you start making subs and sub and tactical changes consistently, it does start to pop in your head whether maybe you change your tactics either for certain games or more commonly. And for the last few months, we haven't half gone 4 4 2, 4 2 3 1 a lot more than we used to. Now, the manager could well be well within his rights to say, well, the scoreline and game circumstances dictated that. But coming back to our earlier point, 
in the last half hour of games, you could conceivably now start seeing 10 substitutions. So just have a think about how broken the last half hour of a game will be with 10 individual substitutions. It's not individuals, though, still, Sean. The rule is they've still got to do them in the blocks, as far as I'm aware. So it's not. Oh, right. So they've still, so it could still only be three stoppages across oh, really? the 90. Okay. Sorry, right. forgive, forgive me, forgive me on that. But it's still, but it is still the idea that effectively matches are finishing with effectively the entirety of, of two outfield sides being fifty percent difference. Yeah, and you can make your subs earlier, can't you? Because you're not risking necessarily, you know, the, the, the problems you would have by making them earlier. The point I'm making is, I wonder whether tactically in a lot of games, Klopp might go four four two more than we've seen, and part of that I think might be. That against most opposition, we are going to want to ring the flannel in that first half hour because we know they're going to make changes now. The, the, the idea of tiring people out to hurt them second half is now going to not be as important as it once was. And therefore, I think it flips to being really, really important to be very City-esque in the way, in the way the City love to make games a 45-minute game, don't they, ultimately? Um and and I and I wonder whether that might be a change. And in terms of the money thing, I just wonder whether it's that four four, bit more flexibility on four four two. And you can still do that with money. You can still do that with him, of course you can. But I wonder whether that's what Liverpool might be doing. Um, and I wonder whether there's a conversation on Salah. I've wondered for a while about moving Salah central. Um, and if you're succession planning, you need some pace out wide right at some point in the next couple of seasons. Whether that's now or not, you know, is one to debate. Um, If I was Mo Salah, who knows, you might be like, well, a bit like the Trent conversation, I'm doing so well out here, why change it? Um, I I just wonder whether there might be something in a 4-4-2 with Salah Central, um, possibly. I I think this is really interesting because I've been thinking the same thing today in the context of the Manny thing and in general around Salah going into next season. I wonder if there is there is something that Liverpool may decide to to tweak. I think there's also another facet to this, which is precisely who it is they'd want to replace uh, Mane. You know, like what is the profile of the footballer? Because there's a lot of ways in which, as an example of a footballer we know they really like and who I really like, really liked last season as well, not just this season, is Bowen at West Ham. You know, can you make it end up making a bit of an argument here that you could do Bowen off the basis of the fact that you're going to do Salah Central, uh, whether in a, uh, as himself for a season, uh, if he's not going to sign a new deal, or that that becomes now where Mo plays for the rest of his rest of his Liverpool career. Uh, is there within that an argument that you're looking there for for a different option somewhere else? The other thing I just sort of, and if we are just sort of flailing around, and we will do a next season preview show pretty soon, the three of us, uh, and maybe with Paul as well. But the other one that is in my mind is... Just whether or not it would be interesting to conceive of maybe having a season of Firmino as an eight. So for Firmino's last season at Liverpool, maybe going and using him in the a little bit, of, so literally replacing him in the front three with your next move, and maybe looking at him as being someone who's actually going to come from deep. So it's almost like having a, you know, switching one of the eights to being a ten and trusting that Firmino can do that. I don't think that this is the sort of stuff that I think a pre-season would answer. And all of a sudden, you know, it's a fascinating pre-season. It's really sad if Sadio does go, but the the whole sort of what comes next, it's a fascinating pre-season, but it doesn't feel fraught. Like you feel as though Liverpool will be able to make decisions to continue this and to continue this brilliance that they've had for an elongated period of time. It's it's interesting to therefore imagine what those decisions are in the framework of everything else that is ongoing 
uh, because they're in a great place. They're in a great place to do that. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what the team looks like next when we get to August the 6th in the context of everything Sean's just put together. Yeah, and it'll be in no time. Um, Fucking right, it will, Dan. Yeah, oh, I know, I know. Oh, right, don't, don't rub it in for Neil. <laughs> thinking about us, thinking about all of us. Uh, all of our legs. Uh, have we got legs. it in us anymore? One more yeah. big push? Nah, we've got a few. Don't worry about that. <laughs> um, but for now, uh, that's been the review. That's been 63 review shows hosted um, <laughs> from different parts of the world. 63... Uh, yeah. Bits of, of catharsis, of joy, of, of insight. So I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who's contributed, but particularly yeah. to Paul, to Neil, and to Sean. By the way, All the best you, of loads, of, loads of people in France were grabbing us to pass on to you, Dan, Neil, Paul. You know, I, I'm sure you guys are the same, but a lot of people asked me to pass on thanks to you guys, and there were some lovely comments and stuff like that. Um, so really, really grateful. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's great. It's, it's, it's a brilliant thing, and and obviously, you know, we'll be back. And and this is this is all you need to really listen to. Don't listen to the bullshit, is what I'd say, because there's plenty of it. Um, but for now, that's been the review. Liverpool are marvelous. We'll see you soon. <laughs>